What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today, Canada's senior climatologist David Phillips discusses the extreme cold snap hitting much of Canada this week. Phillips says it will moderate slowly after Thursday with a return to seasonal temperatures in southern Saskatchewan around February 19th. We also have a feature on Saskatchewan Agriculture's photo contest designed to have a winner by Canada's Agriculture Day on February 23rd. The deadline to submit farm photos online is Wednesday. Real Agriculture talks about sprayer clean-out. Both railways report record grain movement in January, and packing plants in Alberta are dealing with another COVID-19 outbreak. We have a feature interview on alfalfa production. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Yeah, that cold water in the Pacific, uh, Siberian Express, you put them all together and it's producing obviously some of the coldest temperatures we've seen in a long while. We've, um, in, in the West, uh, we've broken at least 22, 25 records, all-time records for, for yesterday with temperatures that are clearly in um, many parts of um of Alberta in the minus uh, 40s, and also that way in um, in Saskatchewan, places like Key Lake and Collins Bay. I mean, uh, these are temperatures. Uranium City got down to minus 48.9. I mean, the previous record was minus 40. I mean, that's like nine degrees colder than the previous uh, coldest moment uh, on on this day uh, yesterday. And so, so that is really astounding. Uh, and um, and these are not embellished wind chill really but it is the cold it is the polar vortex it is cold air is very very thick very dense it hugs the ground it it is um, fills every nook and cranny it's hard to kick it out it's like the weather bully when it comes in and it's resupplied by more cold arctic uh, siberian air and it just seems impossible to kick it out it's just like molasses flowing on a tabletop it just it just stays and you can't move it and of course what we're seeing um i mean typically we're, we're really seeing incredibly i think what's made it worse though is that we had such a balmy november december january and so this has been sort of an onslaught something that we we're not setting records i mean these are not all time the coldest it's hard to break a record oh in saskatchewan because your records go back to the 1800s and uh clearly where the records are probably very close to being set 
in terms uh, of a long-standing station like Regina would be the afternoon low temperatures. We're seeing afternoon low temperatures of like minus 27. I mean, these are 19, 20 degrees colder than they should be. Well, the previous record for the, the coldest afternoon would be kind of like minus 29 or minus 28. So it's very close to being a record for the afternoon, but, but certainly not the, the, the nighttime temperatures. These are down to the mid-minus 30. So you have to really get into the to the low minus 40s to to set an all-time record. I think the coldest moment will be Thursday when we see the minimum temperature down to minus 36 and and the um, the daytime high up to about minus 27, and then things uh, so slowly improve. I, I think that we clearly see uh, temperatures. I think by Friday, I think you'll be out of the minus 30s in the morning. The minimum temperature and I think by Sunday afternoon we'll be out of the minus 20s for the afternoon more into the minus teens those are still uh, below normal and and I think uh, this week looks like the toughest week the weekend certainly was and this week next week is going not to be quite as as brutally cold and then uh, but certainly maybe that warmth of Valentine's Day will will help to moderate temperatures and maybe kick the polar vortex back up north where it belongs and then we see uh, perhaps by the I'm thinking about the 20th the 19th or 20th of February we actually begin to see some seasonable temperatures not melting temperatures but seasonable and seasonable for this time of the year would be a high of maybe minus 7 and a low of about minus minus 18 so we'll get back to those but I think this week and then to some degree a little bit of next week will um, you'll feel the cold that will re- remain for that period but uh, but certainly in about 10 days I think you'll see some moderation. David Phillips is the senior climatologist with Environment Canada. Howdy, Joe pal. What country Woody again? Is your basement looking like a squash gopher? That 30-year-old paneling look like it was made with ugly sticks? I tell you what, when my basement got too old, I went straight to Wood Country. They had everything I needed to get the ugly out. Drywall, stylish trim, insulation, doors, flooring, and suspended ceilings. <laughs> your basement's ugly? Y'all need Wood Country. Your home is your castle. In McLean, Estevan, and Tisdale, shop online. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Wednesday is the deadline to submit farm photos in a Provincial Agriculture Ministry contest. The contest has been launched to honour Canada Ag Day on Tuesday, February 23rd. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says anyone can submit photos for five different categories. He says the categories include crops livestock and farm animals, landscapes, people and farm families, and history of farming. Jim, I think it's important. You know, I mean, I follow social media. I'm not a a big one on it, but I do follow it. And I see a lot of farmers and ranchers posting some fantastic pictures of Saskatchewan agriculture, uh, you know, whether it's sunsets or wildlife and farming and farming families uh, eating in the fields and and just everything we do in in the ag sector, in the ag industry, uh, third and fourth generations, sitting around out in the field having a meal or doing calves or whatever the case may be. So I think it's obviously something that I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing some phenomenal pictures come forward. And like I say, I have seen some on social media. So uh, we just want them to submit it to the ministry uh, and the winner will be featured in in Ag Review. So uh, I think it's it's just something good to do. And we're all proud of our families and our farms and uh, what we do. And it's just a way for people to showcase what they're doing. 
What is AgReview? It's a, a magazine that, that we put out in, in, in the ministry here that uh, will be showcased in there. The photos must be submitted by email by Wednesday, February 10th, and there's no limit on the number. The top photos in each category will be posted on Saskatchewan Agriculture's Facebook event page, where voting will be open to the public. The photo with the most likes and comments will be announced on February 23rd, Canada's Agriculture Day. The winning photo will also be highlighted in an upcoming issue of AgReview. For more information, look for Saskatchewan Agriculture on Facebook. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Hey, Kara Ustros here with realagriculture.com. I am back here today with another Pull School episode, and I have here with me Tom Wolf of Agrometrics and Sprayers 101. How is it going today, Tom? Great, Kara. It's the time of the year. We're already starting to talk 2021, growing season, and you're doing, it, it, we may not be out in the fields yet, but we're doing some research. Lately, you did some uh, research on pesticide waste coming out of your booms. Do you want to talk a bit about that and what you learned? Yeah, so the, the the real original idea was to figure out, you know, where does our spray actually go? And it's kind of an environmental story in some ways because we talk about drift a lot. But, uh, you know, we also have some waste when we clean out and we've been trying to get people to do a better job of cleaning. So that might even mean more material to dispose of. But we thought, well, well how much is in a sprayer when you're done spraying and where does it go? And so I thought, well, let's figure that out. And I made a few assumptions and we discovered that, wow, you know, depending on how big a field it is that you spray between cleanings, um, the the waste that you don't get benefit from, the stuff that basically goes on the ground could be 15%, could be more. It's actually a surprisingly high number. I thought it would be uh, certainly in the single digits. Um, but yeah, uh, a real eye-opener for us. So it, obviously, like you said, it's it's an eye-opener, but what, what can producers do now? They're seeing these numbers are higher. How, how do you reduce waste in that way? Well, I mean, the first thing is always to figure out what 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 is my waste? You know, what am I doing? You know, like, I mean, I, I made a few assumptions and I think that's not true for everyone. And we published an article and I put a spreadsheet on it so everyone can put their own numbers in. But, but you know, so, the, you know, one big one is, of course, that you you avoid cleaning your sprayer. You, you try to string the fields that can use the same active together if, if at all possible, right? Uh, so that you might be able to do a thousand acres without having to do a clean out. That helps a lot. But, you know, when you do have a clean out, you know, there, there's the remnant in the tank. Uh, you're done in the field and you've got some left over. Usually it might be 50 gallons. I don't know what it is. But maybe trying to minimize that a little bit and trying to do a little bit a tighter calculation. A thing that helps with that is, of course, an accurate measure of the volume in the tank. How do you do that? The site gauge usually doesn't do anything well below 100 gallons, say. So you're kind of a uh, what? They're using your flow meter, but it's a count. Down. The flow meter doesn't measure what's left. It assumes what's left based on what you put set toll that it, it had in it at the beginning. So there's these these problems. So there are certain things we can buy, like the Accu volume, which tells you to the nearest gallon what's left in your tank. So you can make sure it's empty when you're done. And then of course the booms. The booms hold a lot of material. They hold maybe anywhere between 20 and 60 gallons, depending on the size of your sprayer and the configuration. And that stuff typically when you spray out 
has to go on the ground. We're putting money on the ground, basically. You know, a lot of a lot of the time, like for example, imagine if you are in a special crop situation. Let's say you're in southern Alberta in the irrigated area where you have a lot of different crops, where the where the fields might be, you know, a, a quarter or less, typically between having changed over completely. And uh, and in those situations, it really does matter. But if you're in the small grains and you're doing a, a large acreage, it, it matters a little bit less, of course. But yeah, you all have to just clean out between actives, right? Yeah. So how do you how do you do this calculation on your own farm? Um, you said there's a, a spreadsheet that producers can use. How do they access that? Like how can, if I wanted to figure out what losses I have on my farm, how do I go about that? So you have to figure out what what the the sort of the dead volume, the remaining volumes are, and the two big ones are what's left in your tank after you are finished spraying, and your pump basically draws air. So that's the point at which most people stop. Pressure can you know the risk of running dry damages the pump. So you you stop spraying, then you have to measure that, and you might actually have to actually you know open up the the housing on the filter and 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 collect it in five gallon pails until you kind of know. Uh, you have to measure it, uh, whatever way you find. The other one is, of course, the tank. So anything after the pump gets pushed out, uh, sort of the boom, gets pushed out to the boom, and uh, you don't really know what's in that boom. But So there is a way to do it, and it's kind of like you have an empty boom, so it's it's air, and you uh, you put stuff in the tank, and you spray until you uh, see spray coming out the last of the last nozzles, right? And there's different ways of turning on different sections at, at a time. But you monitor your gallons on your flow meter during that time. That's kind of the prime volume. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. Today, sunny sky, wind west 20, becoming northwest 40, gusting to 60 this afternoon. The high today, minus 27. The wind chill near minus 45 with frostbite in minutes. The low, minus 32. Wind chill minus 45 tonight, minus 50 overnight. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of light snow. Wind west, 40 gusting to 60. The high, minus 27. Wind chill minus 50 in the morning and minus 43 in the afternoon. Frostbite in minutes, the low, minus 31. Wednesday, sunny, the high, minus 26. The low, minus 34. Thursday, sunny, the high, minus 27. The low, minus 36. Friday, sunny, the high minus 27, the low minus 28. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 21, the low minus 24. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 16. Normal high for this date, minus 8, the normal low minus 20. The sun rose at 8.22 this morning. It sets at 6.03 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot in the southwest corner, Valmarie at minus 24. The cold spot, Winyard at minus 33. Estevan is minus 27, Saskatoon minus 31, Swift Current minus 29, Weyburn minus 27, Yorkton is minus 30. Regina, ice crystals and minus 31 degrees, that's 24 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest at 34, giving a wind chill right now in Regina of minus 47 degrees. Humidity 72%, the barometer rising 103.0. Ice crystals and Moose Jaw, minus 28, winds are from the west-northwest at 33. Once again, Regina ice crystals and minus 31, that's 24 below Fahrenheit.
back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. CP Rail is reporting record grain movement in January. CP Rail says 2.2 million tons of grain were shipped last month, surpassing last year's record in January by 6%. Since August 1st, CP Rail has shipped 16 million tons of grain this crop year, surpassing the previous year by more than 13%. CP says it has added more than 3,800 new hopper cars this year. The new cars carry 15% more grain by volume and 10% more by weight compared to the older cars they're replacing. CN Rail has also announced a record movement of grain for the 11th consecutive month in January. Last month, CN Rail moved over 2.95 million tons, 27% higher than last January's previous record. So far this crop year, CN has moved 17.5 million tons, 17% higher than the record set two years ago. Since 2018, CN has invested over $10 billion in track, locomotives, and rail cars, including the purchase of over 2,500 high-capacity grain hopper cars. Alberta Health Services is working with Olimel and Cargill after COVID-19 outbreaks at meatpacking plants. The outbreak at the Olimel pork processing plant in Red Deer grew to nearly 80 cases over the weekend. One person has died and the union wants the plant shut down for two weeks and its members given paid time off. Cargill reports six workers at its beef facility in High River have recently tested positive. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. Most of today's farms in Canada operate on a very large scale, with only a small portion of what they produce being so used in Canada. But some farms and farm businesses do things more directly, including Accelerated Seed in Imperial, Saskatchewan. It's owned by Jed and Kathy Williams, independent producers who direct market their alfalfa product. Reporter Cheryl Brooks had a chance to speak with Jed about it. In the year 2017, Kathy and I decided to embrace the retail market to stay viable with our alfalfa seed. So we started advertising and also having our seed cleaned and inoculated, put into bags. There was an oversupply of seed in 2017, so there was a market crash on the wholesale price. And if I had have sold for the wholesale price that was being offered, I would have gone bankrupt. So it was out of economic necessity that I embraced the retail of my own seed. What essentially makes accelerated seed stand out? The, the alfalfa that you sell, what can you tell me about it? It's winter hardy. It's also drought tolerant and a prairie survivor. And then compared to other alfalfas out there, in all the trial data, generally alfalfa grown in Canada, it's the climate that inhibits their yield. It's not their genetics. So in any given climate, 
you can plant 30 varieties and they'll only vary 10% on yield. It's the climate that determines their yield. So there's not really any better or worse alfalfa on yield in Canada. But the traits that you've got to look out for are generally ones that are going to help it survive. It does grow wild. It does grow on roadsides and stuff like that. It, it definitely needs leafcutter bees to pollinate the flowers to make seed. So it is a specialised crop in that regard. And we have about 2,000 acres of alfalfa seed in production. What is the nutritional value of this particular alfalfa once, once it's developed? Its nutritional value is high. It can vary a little bit depending on climatic conditions and also the inherent nutrient value in the soil or the fertiliser that's been added to the plant. But alfalfa is known as the king of forages, highly palatable, highly digestible and high in protein. It is a legume crop, so it's high in protein. Who do you generally target as your, your potential customers? Any person who's growing a hay crop or a silage crop in the prairies of Western Canada. I can market to anyone. And are you finding that there's more of a business for it these days? Yeah, for sure. My business has been growing. We've sold seed as far away as Vanderhoof in BC, throughout the Peace River region, Alberta, all of Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and we've even sold a little bit to Ontario, Quebec, Wisconsin, and Kansas. So we're expanding. The type that I grow will grow nearly anywhere. Saskatchewan's sort of the litmus test for it because we've got a harsh climate. It gets cold. It gets dry. Nearly whatever can go wrong will go wrong in Saskatchewan. So for hay farmers, this would be ideal? Yep. The only thing that would be more ideal is if it got a little more rain. Now, you mentioned the, the other side of your business is leafcutter bees. Leafcutter bees and alfalfa seed production definitely go hand in hand. Alfalfa flower needs to physically trip and it snaps like a snapdragon. And if the stamen within the flower doesn't go snap, the flower will abort and there will be no seed on it. So the blue huts that are seen on Highway 11 near Keniston, those are mine. For the leafcutter bees, they hold nesting blocks that are made out of styrofoam. Quite a difference between a leafcutter bee and a honeybee. You could read about that on Backyard Pollinator. Let's just talk a little bit about that difference then. The leafcutter bee, about the only trait that it has in common with a honeybee is that it's a bee. (laughs) They've been designed by our creator in a totally different ways to survive in different climates. And the leafcutter bee is actually very well acclimatized to Canada and particularly the cold parts of Canada because they overwinter as a larva, not as a live bee. And the larva can freeze in nature. So their life cycle starts out in the spring they hatch or they metamorphose from a maggot into a bee. They hatch and then they fly for about six weeks maximum type thing only while there's flowers on the plants. And in that time, they collect the pollen and nectar as fast as they can go. And they make little pouches of what they call bee bread, which is a mixture of pollen and nectar, and pack it into the little pouch or cells that are made of cut leaf material that's in a hole. We provide the holes or tunnels in the form of styrofoam nesting blocks in the blue huts. But in nature, they would generally use a beetle or a bug hole that's in a piece of wood. Is it farmers that you're, you're getting a lot of your business from right now, or is it people who are just wanting to grow different type of grasses? 99% of the people who buy my seed are farmers. 
honey producers who do buy my seed, often they will give it to a farmer to grow in waste areas or put in their pastures or stuff like that so that their bees have got somewhere to forage and sweet clover makes lots of honey and it makes really good quality honey. We do sell alfalfa clovers, particularly sweet clover for honey producers in pollinator mixes. Our pricing is very competitive because it's direct from farmer to farmer or grower direct and it cuts out a middleman. There is a money saving to be had by purchasing directly from us. We deliver with our own truck to prairie provinces, but the real faraway places generally we put it on a freight carrier. We would drive it to Alberta. I've divided the map up into about five different areas of Alberta and I group orders together put it on my truck I can usually put say five to nine orders on a truck and then have my man Mark take it out I can be called at 1306 963 7888 that's Jed Williams the owner of Accelerated Seed and Backyard Pollinator at Imperial Saskatchewan if you'd like to know more head to their website at acceleratedseeds.ca the market updates with Jim Smalley on the source 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1 800 284 9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing upward movement in early trading. Canola gained 520 at 638.67. Number one red spring wheat rose 478 at 276.12. The rest unchanged. Durham 310.48. Feed barley 249.70. Flax 80108. Lentils 602.50. Oats 229.53. Yellow peas 380.89. Feed wheat 183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are up nine and three quarter cents at 635 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards on the Tuesday cows and bull sale. The cow market was under some pretty good demand. Those top grain cows, 82 to 88. Uh, the bulk of the good-bodied cows, 72 to 77. We averaged 74 straight through when you put into the older cows in the 60s. On Thursday's calf sale, 815 head in the run. They averaged 675 for weight, $1,281 per head. That's $9 per calf less than the same sale one year ago. The eight and a quarter weight uh, black steer is 182.50 on the reds at 8.30, 181 and a quarter. 780 weight red cross steer is a real nice pen of 42 of them. Bring 184.50. The 786 weight bull cattle, 159.75. 730 weight red cross steers, 192 and a quarter. Right tight to seven. A group of 50 black steers at 201. The red steers bring 199. 62 black steers at 650 pounds, 
275, and a smaller group of reds at 206. 575 weight black steers, 229, light cattle topped at 259.50. Into the heifer trade, the eight weight blacks, 157.75, 735 weight blocks, 173, the seven and a quarter red cross heifers, 173 and a quarter. 670 pound block heifers, 176 and a quarter. And the Red Cross, 178.50. The Dens at 183. At 600 pounds, just tight to 186.50 for the blocks. The uh, Red Cross heifers, 191.50. 550 pounds block heifers at 202, and the light heifers topped at 212.50. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. And the latest pork prices, 162.58 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The Mo government says Saskatchewan municipalities will benefit from more than $275 million this year under the Municipal Revenue Sharing Program. Premier Scott Moe says the figure is the second highest overall amount ever. He says the unconditional funding program for municipalities is important to help communities meet the challenges of COVID-19. The annual funding amount is based on three-quarters of one point of the provincial sales tax revenue collected in the past two years. From the total municipal revenue sharing program, $1.5 million will be invested in the Targeted Sector Support Initiative, which supports intercommunity collaboration and regional planning. The water management infrastructure project that will make it easier to move water from the South Saskatchewan River to Pike Lake has begun. That from Water Security Agency spokesperson Patrick Boyle, who explains that a consultant has been hired and they are assessing the options before moving forward, taking in consideration any operational challenges. We're going to be meeting with some of the local stakeholders as well in the next month or so, just kind of make sure everybody is informed and talk about the project and, and have them be part of it. Water is moved from the river into the lake during dry years to manage the lake levels because it's a popular recreational spot. Boyle says it's a $2.5 million project that was announced with five others for a total of $8.3 million to stimulate economic recovery. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.